Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Jenny Queen, and you are listening to So What Do You Do All Day, a podcast about work, what we do and why. Are we hustling for love, for money, or is it something else altogether, something a little more ephemeral? Today in the studio, we'll be talking to Maria Tran, an action actor, a martial artist, fight choreographer, and a filmmaker. She also has given a fascinating TEDx talk called we need to embrace conflict that I would encourage everyone to check out. And she's heading up a solo theater show called Action Star. Hello, Maria Tran. Hi, Jenny. How are you? I'm awesome. <laughs> so glad to have a straight up kick-ass woman here with me in so many fields. So the thing I ask everybody is, so what do you do all day? So most of, like, every day I would try to do training. So that's one of my things that I do, martial arts, uh, meditation, uh, anything so that I can get into my body because throughout the rest of the day I do a bunch of things such as meeting up with other artists to figure out fight choreography, to do, run little workshops for schools, or it really depends on what the demands are out there. But pretty much... I use a lot of my movement, I use a lot of my body to work with other people and come up with um, solutions for their film or their theatre work. That's pretty cool. Now, in terms of um, martial arts, I, I, how many different um, sort of disciplines or types are you conversant in? Ah. <laughs> Well, to be honest, like I've got several. Like I've done uh, the, the basic of Taekwondo, black belt in that, Shaolin Kung Fu, Hapkido, a bit of Vo Vi Nam, Shaolin, uh, and pretty much I would probably say that it's now a fusion of martial arts that I do. Cool. Um, but to be honest with you, I, I started martial arts in probably the most awkward awkward sense. I, I was bullied in school. So. That's right. Yeah. That's I listened to your TED Talk and I was going to ask you to sort of give the story because it's pretty incredible. Mm. So, you know, I guess being going to school, I was pretty much one of the only Asian kids. And I think one instance I saw someone else get picked on and I thought for that moment that, you know, this is my Jackie Chan moment because back in those days I used to watch a lot of his films and his films are always about the underdog, right? And that was my moment to be a bit of a Jackie Chan. But little did I know that when I said stop that everyone was now turning their attention on me and the next thing I know my head was on the ground and they were pummeling me. So They actually physically uh, like assaulted you. Yes. Man, <laughs> my son is in school here and like, he gets the crap beat out of him some days. And I just don't remember school being quite so physical when I was there. Well, I guess that's just the way it on, on how 
some kids sort of get what they want, you know, and, and that's what happens. But I think for me, like, you know, when I went home and told my parents, they were like, that's it, you're going to have to go and learn some martial arts so that you don't have to put up with this. But to be honest with you, I think also through the process of learning martial arts, I learned a lot more about my body, myself, and how I project myself out into the world. So I learned more about, it's more about the simple things of standing taller, looking people in the eyes and, you know, walking into a space and not holding on to that fear of when is the next time you're going to get picked on. I totally get that. Actually, when you walk into a room, when you walked into the studio, you have very good Excellent posture, square shoulders. You definitely carry yourself in that sort of, you know, basically don't fuck with me sort of way, um, which is awesome. I mean, I was never, ever going to start a fight with you anyway. Don't worry. Like, it was not going to happen. To be honest, it, it, there are the, the downside of that is probably guys out there probably get scared even just looking at me. So, yeah, that's probably <laughs> It could the just be the pretty thing, too, though. I mean, guys are pretty easily intimidated by that. But um, it's pretty incredible, though, that whole, like, squared shoulders and, like, confident. It's pretty rad, actually. I'm just going to go home and try that in the mirror <laughs> and see how it goes. That's my plan. <laughs> I'm kind of curious uh, how you took this whole... Um, how the martial arts and everything went from sort of dojo to film studio. How'd that happen? Well, I live in an area out in Fairfield, um, which is um, Western Sydney, and they're out there there's lots of dojos. So if you're growing up, you know, culturally diverse or Asian, you're sort of going to be in a martial arts dojo somewhere, right? And I think at that time growing up, watching a lot of action films having these moments where you're like, what if you can be the action star, you know? And I had friends who would would sort of sit around and talk about, like, what if we were, you know? So we end up making a lot of, like, short films that we would put online and we end up making a very indie, low-budget, like, um, uh, movie. And we decided to sort of, like, have a little screening amongst our community who came and watched it and thought, wow, this is brilliant. This is our first sort of, like, action film coming out of Western Sydney. Actually, action the first action film coming out of Australia made by a bunch of, you know, kids <laughs> in Western Sydney. So at that time, it was a big deal for us, you know. But little did we know that um, when we did invite, let's say, critics to come watch it and their feedback was like, oh, that's like a fantasy Australia. Like, there's a lot of Asians in that film. I'm like, that's the area and there are a lot of Asians. Did they really say that? Yeah, they just huh. felt that it was just very not realistic of what Australia looks like. Hmm. They said it was cute, like the action was great, but at the same time it's just, you know, it didn't feel like they it, uh, the audiences will connect with something that's very Asian-centric, so... That's mm. ridiculous. But that's cool, whatever. Mm. I love the fact that you are watching action films because I spent a great chunk of my childhood watching action films with my dad, like just what we did. And not one time ever, not once in the many, many, many hours I spent watching action films did I ever think, damn, I should be an action star. <laughs> I love that like you watched it and thought, I'm going to kick ass like that. Well, to be honest, it didn't start like that way. I actually thought of myself as like, you know, I wanted to, to be a part of something cool. I want to make action stuff. And I end up doing small roles, side roles. But eventually the people who are playing the main roles, they left. So they'd be like, hey, Maria, do you want to play this main character? I'm like, yeah, sure. Okay. 
so I didn't really intended to go, I'm going to be an action star. I think for me, it was like I wanted to be a part of something that spoke out to, you know, the rest of Australia that, you know, we can be seen differently. We can be seen as cool. Asians are not just your typical, you know, refugee boat person story when it comes to what we see in the media. We want to be cool. We want to be edgy. We want to be like Jackie Chan. Why can't we? So that was the reason why I got into it. And, and, you know, over the years doing lots of short films, I eventually, you know, from one small thing, it started rippling out. So then I was asked to, you know, work on, you know, bigger films and, you know, not really having like a, I didn't study filmmaking. That's the thing. I didn't study acting or choreography, but I would learn on set. And Which is pretty much like the, I think that's an amazing way to learn. And I think a lot of people before, very talented people have learned that way. And I guess I couldn't afford it anyway in terms of film school and stuff. So I had to learn somehow. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> to make to make things happen. So that was pretty much my my, my beginnings of, of getting into, you know, doing martial arts action genre on a small scale and then so and then making things online and then eventually, you know, people from overseas with their own production companies making blockbusters in China and Vietnam, they took notice of what, what was happening in Australia. That's amazing. Yeah, that's actually really cool. Mm. So al- along the lines of wanting to uh, like have people in Australia see Asian people in roles and be like, that's really cool. I mean, you hear people say representation is important, but it really, really is. I don't know that everyone, especially I don't know that every white person in Australia, for example, gets the point of that. And I don't know because you know people get really pissed off when you have um, a role that is supposed not supposed obviously, but is traditionally going to be a, a white character and it's it goes to someone else like i think there's been um god what's the movie secret garden is coming out in a new role and i think the role of dickon is going to um maybe a black kid i'm not really sure exactly mm. what it is but people are freaking the fuck out yeah and it's like um <laughs> calm down yeah but i i, I also <laughs> think like to be honest with you like when it comes to the film industry it is run by this a certain majority and there's certain stories that they want to be they want to hear they want to see and a lot of times they just want it to be represented to people that they can relate to i guess you know but isn't it kind of exciting for me mm. like when you see the, the the star wars films mm. that are like so diverse at the moment that's way more exciting to me and it, it's it's I don't know. It kind of just gets the blood pumping. It's like it, it's more real life to me than it is just to watch like a bunch of people that are all the same doing all the same thing. And to be honest, that change happen. Those changes happen only if people who are in the system recognize that there is there needs to be a change. And for me, like to be honest, in Australia, a lot of the roles that. I get uh, usually very chop socky roles. I mean, the highlight of my career is an over to- over the top tiger wife on oh. on a TV series. Yeah, I was um, actually going to ask you about that because I, I mean, you said like in in Asia you're doing these sort of like starring like kick ass literally martial arts roles, and then when you're in Australia you're you're auditioning for what? Yeah, like I, I would be auditioning for mother holding baby runs across the field gets blown up twice in two different TV series. Wow. You know, and I think there's the, the the roles that I get seem to be very much the same and I feel like as if I cannot break. There's this bamboo ceiling effect. You know, I could be a great actor and I could be following the going to auditions, but it's it's like the same pattern. And I even know people who are older than me who are 
in the same industry who said to me, Maria, it's been like 20 years. There hasn't really been a change. The, the Those roles are still going to happen. And that's what Australia wants. So then I thought to myself, you know what, I don't want to be like that. So the only way to break through from that is to create your own content. Hence, that's why I moved into being a filmmaker. Right. So you're making films. I love that you're choreographing fight scenes, which is just, ah, that's so cool. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I guess if you're making your own content, then you're in charge of the casting. You're in charge of what's happening. I find it very odd, though, to think that Australia doesn't want to see Asians in a wide variety of roles because the actual makeup of the population has changed quite a bit. I don't know. I think it's also to do with um, there needs to be more creatives from culturally diverse backgrounds yes. who are in positions, who can create these stories, who can direct, who can write, who have are in positions where they can create content that resonates with what really the appetite of Australia wants. And that's where you come in. I like this. <laughs> I like this plan. And it might just be actually a generational thing. So a little more time goes by. You've got people like you and your friends. And yeah. Yeah. I'm liking this narrative. Let's go forward with this narrative. <laughs> now, I've heard also while we're getting into like uh, unsavory film stories, um, you had like a Weinstein Associates moment. Yes. Um, it's salacious, but go ahead because this is a podcast and I want people to listen to it. Yeah, sure. Um, so several, like I would probably say a decade ago, after feeling quite on a downer when it came to Australia and not being able to get my content out there and to like penetrate the film industry, I decided to go overseas. I said, you know what? I'm going to go to the heart of action films, Hong Kong cinema. I'm going to go to Hong Kong, right? So there was a particular associate that I interned for and I worked for his production company. And he was, let's just say when I was over there, I realized that when it comes to women in the in industry, there is a massive ceiling. But not only that, women there's a side, there's a dark side to the film industry that I wasn't really 100% sure. But I remember just seeing lots of models coming into this production office and going into his office and and then leaving him with him. And it was just very odd. And I remember him telling me that, Maria, you know, if you want to be an actor or actress, you have to. You're single, Maria. There's these investors. You should go get to know them. If you really like them, they can help make you you know, your movie. That was just, these are the candid um, conversations he would have with me. And one instance that he invited me into his office and he said to me, Maria, how bad do, we want, do you want to be an actress? You know, how bad do you want to be an actress, Maria? I'm like, yeah, I, I want to be an actress. I want to, I make films, blah, blah, blah. So I was ranting on about all the things I want to do. And then he stood up and he got close to me and he had his hands out. And then at that time he said, whoa, 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 whoa what's going on? He's like, Maria, I've got to check what you've got. You know, how else am I going to know that you'll fit in at one of our films? And at that moment, I remembered freaking out. Did his films have a cup size? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. So, and then I, I basically just said, hey, well, I'm not that type of actress. I, I'll make it. I'll make it myself, blah, blah. And he turned to me and he said, you know what, Maria? You're too fat anyway. And then he just shooed me off. Oh, my God. So, but you know what's strange? At that moment, I didn't know what that that meant I felt weird and bad and over the years I ignored him and then shit happened like in the industry he started to blacklist me and made it very public amongst the film industry and people who were on big productions with the Weinsteins wouldn't work with me and I remember having 
colleagues that are working for him saying, Maria, I think you should say sorry to him. And I said, what did I do? They're like, well, I don't know what you did, but he, you obviously pissed him off. So I was like, I had to go back to Australia because I wasn't able to work on any big productions overseas and I'm make my mark. I'm sort of fascinated that you didn't mm. get that he was being so sleazy. There's something, I, yeah. I find that really actually kind of awesome and charming. <laughs> but that's the thing, though, because I years later, I met some of um, my later on colleagues. They went through the same thing and they ended up taking their clothes off. Yeah. And they couldn't live with that. You know, and I realized, wow, it's such a subtle moment, just such a moment. Like that moment was given to me, but I didn't go down that route. But then someone else could. I could have been that person as well. Oh, look, you there's know? that like, moment. Yeah, there's some. Mm. I, I have, haven't been in entertainment industry sort of thing for a long time. There's a moment where it, it's proposed and you're looking at them thinking, surely that's not what you mean, because surely you're a gentleman. Mm. <laughs> but, you know, it's amazing to me how much power that certain um, people like Weinstein and like, you know, the director that or I producer you were dealing mm. with had that they can just completely shut you out of an entire industry. Mm. That's mad. And I do love the fact that people started speaking about it. And now that's starting to turn slowly, I hope. I hope. Wow. Okay. So that's a bummer. Let's move forward into some empowering and excellent things. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Um, is it cathartic for you to perform um, a martial arts, a, even if it's choreographed, to do a fight and you just lay somebody on their back and, like, you know, step on them or whatever? <laughs> I, I love the process of um, – for me, what I love is, like, coming up with new ways of movement and new ways that – allow audiences to go, yeah, she can do that. That's realistic. Because a lot of times when it comes to fight choreography, there's certain moves that are male moves and there are certain moves that are for females. And when I choreograph, sometimes people, I have people who are on set, they go, oh, women can't do that. Why did you choreograph that? And I always have to butt heads with them saying, no, 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 this is this is how it's going to look like. Just, just, just stay with me on this. So when it actually gets to the final like stages that it makes it too the on screen, it gives me so much joy. How amazing mm. would it be to see that on screen, though? But in, in the terms of like women's, like women's power versus men's power, but that sort of brute force versus the more agile mm. throwing kind of that kind of thing. We were talking earlier about Ip Man, um, that one fight in Ip Man where there's the, the guy from the north who's just all brute force, and then the hero who uses those incredibly dance like subtle moves. That's incredible. And I reckon, you know, that's a kind of sort of more um, nuanced way of fighting. Yeah. Um, or am I just talking shit? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. When it comes to fight choreography, there are so many different ways to see movement. And I feel like, especially in Australia, they, there's not a lot that's fleshed out in terms of choreography like that that is compared to in Asia. 
You know, a lot of the amazing fight sequences are from movies that are in Asia, you know. And I, I watch it constantly. I'm going, how do we break that down? How do we do something like that in Australia? How do we show women th- that they could also do this stuff as yeah. well? And I realize also, um, for me, as a performer, being in front of the camera, like, I love the the, the sense of the the you know, when um, director or whoever calls action, like, you know, being in sync with the other performer to get the timing right. But not only that, the intensity. Yes. Like we actually have to feel it. We actually have to feel like we are in this conflict. But at the same time with choreography, it is hard. It's not easy. You think that you can get any martial artist to do it? No. You actually need them to unlearn their martial arts so they don't actually pull real punches and kicks, but also deliver the performance. I think that'd be virtually impossible. I mean, I can't mm-hmm. dance. I can't do anything. So I cannot even begin to imagine how difficult that would be because you're still acting, which I can sort of do, and that's complicated all by itself. To do that and coordinate fight movement is just impossible Yeah, in my fight brain. movements and then on top of that, you can't let really fight because it's actually quite right. dangerous. And you still have to communicate with a, the other a good person. performance. What I really love about um, a really good fight sequence, though, like a really good fight sequence, is that generally there's a real intelligence to it. Like, it's not just two people just pounding the heck out of each other. There's like a real, like, um, there's a a cleverness. There's a thought behind it. There's like a a dance. It's like there's a level of unpredictability. But then also audiences are seeing things unfold move by move. But not only that, the moves correlate with the the characters. Yeah. And, and generally, like, the hero has, you know, it's a, it's a clever sort of person. or they, They're using unpredictable moves that are, like, you know, well thought out. And you're like, oh, nice move, man. You know, <laughs> like, oh, well done. <laughs> you know, you're just screaming from your, like, couch going, yeah. It's really, really um, enjoyable. But a really good fight scene is, like, a fine and wonderful thing. So how fun to be the one who comes up with the moves. Yeah. yeah that's mm. really cool. So I, I have, um, let's see, I, I have another question. How much time do you spend still on the actual craft of training um, and, and just refining the arts? I think for me, um, I do try to make it like a daily practice, but it's not like you know, sort of training like the Shaolin monks where they do like eight hours a day because I'm living in Australia. I've got to juggle so many projects. But I always dedicate time just for my own training but also drawing in other artists, other martial artists, other filmmakers together um, at PYT Fairfield, uh, Fairfield School of Arts to just devise, you know, sit together and go, okay, let's just make up stuff, film things, put it out there on social media and see what our audiences think. And I feel like that's how I learn and how I advance a lot of the stuff that I do is through play. Yes. Yeah. Play is like the best way of learning It's the best way of communicating to other people, by far the best way of learning, in my my opinion. Now, the filmmaking that you're doing, um, sorry, the filmmaking that you're doing, is it it sort of for social media or is it um, feature films? Ah, (laughs) it really really depends because at the moment I've got a small, very boutique uh, film production company led by a bunch of women who want to do action film genres. So um, we do stuff from web series to short films to ads to whatever it is that takes for us to get the bread and butter so we can spend time in making and choreographing scenes for, you know, for fun. And at the moment, we're, we're getting a little bit of attraction as well because it's like we're, we've just been asked from a Chinese 
um, film, movie, to choreograph some of their fight scenes without having to fly over there. So we just have to do what we call a previs, a previsualization of the moves, and then send them what it would look like um, in accordance to their brief. And they will take it on board, use their team in China to actually um, execute the fight scenes. So we don't actually have to be in the location. We don't have to be flown around. We can just devise in the place that we're living in, in Australia, but it's exported to the rest of the world. So that's something that I'm quite excited about. It'd be really satisfying to see on the screen too. My God, what fun work you're doing. Like, wow. So you just went from like hanging out with your buddies, <laughs> yeah. making some like fun videos to like, you know, coming up with fight sequences that you're going to see around the world. That's incredible. That's incredible. Now, my, my last question for you that I think is very important, and I'm asking this because I, um, you know, I have an eight-year-old son and lots, I see a lot of bullying in his class. So what advice would you give kids that are stuck in that sort of cycle of just <laughs> relentless bullying? And now, now that you've said that, I'm just thinking back when I was a kid, I think a lot of times um, when we get bullied, we we kind of contract, like we don't share, we we try to be invisible in, in our space, right? And I think for kids, it's like when that happens to you, you, you know, you got to find little ways to still be who you are and find little ways for you to still feel good about yourself in relation to the environment, in relation to your school, family or whatever. So, and it takes a lot of you know, introspecting and playing, you know, finding different ways to find, you know, and feel good about yourself and, and connecting with the world. So for me, I was a really introspective kid. Well, I developed that sense because I didn't have any friends. But then over the, the time, I, I, it started to evolve. That introspection allowed me to to view the world a bit differently, to connect with people differently, to even see something like the action genre in something that women can claim for themselves as well. And also seeing the action genre as something that is accessible. So in my team, we have women who might not be physically able, but we still involve them and they still do the action. And we're devising action for like companies, other companies as well uh, around around Australia. So it's been great. I'm just absolutely energized by this whole idea. I love action films so much and the idea that like just regular women could be involved in any way is just so incredibly cool. You are the star of a solo production of Please Tell Me About It. Yeah, sure. Um, I'm currently working with PYT Fairfield. It's They are like one of Australia's leading theatre companies. And we're collaborating on developing my first solo uh, called Action Star. And that's we've got an amazing team, artistic director Karen Therese and an Adelaide-based um choreographer, movement person, Larissa McGowan, as well as Annie Beggs and a bunch of other people who are now coming together to think a bit more about my plight, but also unpackaging it to make it relatable to you know, other people because it's just not, you know, my story. I feel like it's a universal story of, you know, women trying to to sort of like have their voice heard in different fields and and also experiencing tremendous like barriers and conflict and being able to go and pass through that. So it's a show that has a lot of martial arts, dance, movement, theater, monologues and 
I'm excited, but I've this is the first time me doing something of this scale. So I'm glad that I've got such a good support. And I think for me, my career isn't just myself. It's always been with a lot of other collaborators, other women who have also had their strengths and they also show me how they do things and how they, you know, how they also overcome their their challenges. And that knowledge helps me to develop myself. Yeah, it's incredibly nourishing in an environment to work with a lot of women who are very talented, isn't it? Yes. I think it's remarkable. But I'm very excited about your show, and I will definitely be there. I mean, to see live and in person some of this stuff. I'm, And I also think it's very important for women to support other women in telling those stories. Um, I, and, I, and I'm very much excited to see how it comes out um, once you've workshopped all of this uh, really remarkable life you've had so far and you're not even got that far into it i'm so excited to see how you'll have to do like a part two when you get older um you know when you're an older lady (laughs) all right well i'm very happy to have gotten a chance to talk to you and you know just keep kicking ass thanks jenny all right (laughs) thanks Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.